2: We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded premeditated murder.
3: Hi everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Red and Buried podcast. It's Frankie here. I don't have Sarah with me because this episode is going to be a little bit different from our usual ones. As you may know, if you've caught the last couple of episodes that we've put out, I went along to the Harrogate Crime Writing Festival this year, and I decided, rather than just being a very much a passive observer, as I was in my first Harrogate last year, I decided to make a little bit of a diary of the weekend, with some insights and video clips, and yeah, just a bit of an overview of what I did, what I saw. This is my a Hopper moment for you old Hollywood fans. I've pulled together a little bit of a report that gives you an insight into what happens at the festival what it's like and just how much bloody damn fun it is firstly a disclaimer I had the best of intentions going into this I was going to record absolutely everything I was basically going to be wired for sound but as is so often the way I started having too much fun and forgot to record a lot of what I did I really did want a wealth of audio to share with you. Unfortunately, I didn't get that. I will play a clip that I record I recorded a diary ent- entry. I had the best of intentions. Check this out. Hello, so this is a slightly different Podcast episode for what you were used to. Uh, It's Frankie here, and I'm reporting live from the Theakston's old peculiar Harrogate Crime Writing Festival. Uh, And as you know, Sarah is sadly not with me because she doesn't like to leave the house. But I'm here today. This is the second day, actually. I didn't do anything yesterday. I've got a few recordings from the awards I can share. But I'm here today because I'm moderating a panel this afternoon, my very first panel, with the wonderful people from Moonflower Books. And it's gonna be all about writing spies in the shadow of Bond. And it's gonna have Jack Dewars, Ava Glass, uh, Tim Glister, and Greg Moss. So it's gonna be really fun. But I thought I would do like a little audio kind of safari around what it's like to be a Harrogate because it is a really fun, unique festival. And so that's the plan. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how much I remember to record. Uh, and yeah, maybe I'll try and chat to some, some nice author people. Speak to you in a bit. Yeah, see, past Frankie had no bloody clue what she was talking about. It was the thought that counts, but she did not follow through with the thought. So unfortunately, it's not as big of a bonanza as I had intended it to be. However, I did record quite a bit. I think it will be enough to give you a really good taste of the festival and also some interesting insights and exciting bits from some of your favorite authors some of my favorite authors and just just highlights of the festival anyway without further ado why don't you hop in the old car with me and let's go to Harrogate Crime Writing Festival 2023
0: Gate. It is a town In North Yorkshire
4: England Good old spa town Yeah, 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 yeah Harrowgate
0: Is a good place to be Harrowgate British town Yeah, yeah, yeah La, la, la I like to walk around Cambridge
3: Street
1: in harrogate yeah harrogate has got a lot of cool stuff harrogate. day one
3: thursday the 20th of july first things first we gotta to get to harrogate now i live in surrey which is in the southeast of england harrogate is very much in the north it's in yorkshire so it's quite a long drive even if i didn't want to drive this year i had to because there was a train strike but actually i don't mind the long drive it was four and a half hours which is long but you do break it up along the way with stops at places like kfc and i finally made it to harrogate it was just in time to check into my hotel which was really nice. I stayed at the, and I didn't get paid for this or anything. I I very much paid for it with my own money and I would pay for it again. It was the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is one of the newer hotels in Harrogate. And here's a top tip for you. The Crown Plaza is one of the only hotels in Harrogate with air conditioning because it's one of the newer ones. So that was the top thing I learned from last year where I stayed at an older hotel and was very hot and uncomfortable. So top tip number one. Crown Plaza's got air conditioning, stayed there, also had a beautiful view over Harrogate, so it was lovely. As soon as I got to my room, I dumped my stuff, I quickly got changed out of my travel clothes and slipped in something a lot less comfortable because I wanted to look nice for the event, and I headed over to the tent. It was about a 10-minute walk over there. This is a lot of detail that you probably don't need, but the festival is held every year at this old Swan Hotel. Now, You probably have heard of the old Swan Hotel because it's where Agatha Christie showed up after she mysteriously disappeared all those years ago. So it's got a real crime significance and it's a really cool, beautiful hotel. They do an incredible job at making it accessible and dry and comfortable for everyone. Weather in the north is not the most reliable and it certainly wasn't this weekend, but it doesn't matter too much because you have really well covered tents Or not only the actual panels and events going on, but also the beer tent. So you will stay dry and you can talk to people while really taking in all the festival has to offer. Right away, after arriving at the festival, I grabbed my pass and went in and started bumping into authors. This is the great thing about Harrogate. There is no kind of hierarchy. There's no VIP area or anything like that everyone is just walking around milling around and very much open up for a chat if you've never been to harriga before which i hadn't the previous year was my first year it can be quite daunting and quite intimidating because you think i don't really know anybody i only knew a couple of people myself but you soon realize that everyone there is super friendly and super up for a chat so really you can talk to anybody and they'll be very happy to, to do so I started bumping into authors who have been on the podcast already and had a lovely little catch-up with them. For example, the lovely Adam Simcox, who came on a little while ago to talk about his second book, The Generation Killer, and actually his third book, The Ungrateful Dead, is out right now. It was out the day that Harrogate started, so it was great to catch up with Adam and hear about that. Also bumped into podcast alumni, T.M. Logan. Uh, it was so nice to see Tim. Tim. And hear how amazingly well the mother has been doing. He also signed my copy for me, so that was very nice. Also bumped into Simon Toyne, recent guest on the podcast. His book, The Clearing, was also out that day, so it was a big old party in the tent. I also caught up with a lot of authors who haven't been on the podcast yet, but are absolutely coming on because they said they would. And now we have it in audio recording, so I'm afraid that's almost legally binding those authors are, I'm going to start from the beginning, I'm going to recommend some books for you. I'm actually going to put all of the books that I mentioned in this episode in a very special list. So if you want to buy any or have a browse, then you can do so. But the first one is the lovely LV Matthews. Liv is a great, great friend of mine. She's also a very talented writer. She's written The Prank, The Twins, and her new book Silent Waters is currently available as an ebook and coming out in, I believe, hardback in September. So, Very excited to have Liv on. She's coming on soon, I promise. Also, the lovely Will Carver. He recently had had Suicide Thursday out and his next book, Upstairs at Beresford. Now I should have checked the pronunciation of that before I recorded. Uh, That's out in November 2023. So we will definitely have a little chat with Will about that at some point. I also bumped into Emma Christie, who wrote Find Her First, which I am very excited to pick up. For some reason also, instantly upon meeting Emma Christie, we started to arm wrestle. And I think that's something we're going to probably continue throughout our new friendship. Uh, Throughout the rest of the weekend, whenever I saw Emma Christie, we'd end up arm wrestling. I just really appreciate the kind of dynamic with people that you don't really know, you know. Also bumped into the very lovely Lizzie Barber. Her book Nanny Wanted is out in August. Uh, So I'm really excited to talk to Lizzie about that. Also met Charlotte Duckworth. Uh, her book the wrong mother is out now so very very keen to talk to her about that the lovely emily freud who i've known for a little while now i met her at capital crime last year she is the author of what she left behind her last summer her next book is out in 2024 so very much looking forward to seeing that i'm sure i'm forgetting a lot of authors by the way as i go i spoke to so many people this weekend and it was so much fun but my brain is a little damaged which we'll talk about later Uh, So apologies if I've missed anyone off, but rest assured, the festival is full of talent and definitely worth chatting to everyone. Finally, I bumped into an old friend of ours, the lovely Greg Moss, who I also was going to do the panel with the following day. So it was great to chat with Greg. And then he and I pootled along over to the awards. Now, I don't know if you know much about the Theakston Crime Novel of the Year Awards, but it's kind of a big deal. (laughs) This year was actually the 20th year of the Feegstons Crime Writing Festival. and the awards were introed by Val McDermott, who was one of the founders of the festival. so she gave a really interesting introduction and then handed over the microphone to Simon Feegston, who is the chair of the judging panel for the awards and also the executive director of Theegston's, the festival sponsor then the wonderful Vaseem khan came on stage and he gave a fantastic speech and i'm going to drop in a little clip a little cheeky clip that i managed to get because Vaseem is a wonderful passionate advocate for crime writing and he did such a phenomenal job as chair this year so here's Vaseem talking about it in his own words what,
2: what an evening so far so my name is vasim khan and i am the chair of this year's festival well, I've given a few minutes to make this very very special announcement. Thank you for the whoops. Um, but first, I want to say a couple of things. Firstly, what an enormous privilege it has been over the last year to, to chair the festival. Diggs um, since 2023 is bigger, brasher, and judging from the faces ranged before me, more beautiful than it's ever been. <laughs> now, could I possibly have imagined standing up here before you as a British Asian boy growing up in this country many, many years ago? Scribbling stories about unicorns and aliens and aliens that looked like unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> I told my parents that I wanted to be a writer when I was 17 and I wouldn't be going to university because I was going to be rich and famous. And you can imagine uh, my parents, Asian parents, what well, they thought of this because in Asian families the only real professions are doctor, doctor lawyer, accountant and tax fraudster. it's it's not a crime if you get away with it my father's head nearly exploded, my mother nearly fainted and later she would pray fervently that I would not be influenced by my white devil writer friends into a a hedonistic lifestyle of drink-fuelled parties, and look how that's turned it took me 20 years and 6 novels to finally get published but in the last 10 years since being published I've met with nothing but warmth and good wishes and so I wanted to say thank you and to tell you how much it means to me personally to be here today. Now last week I went through a minor medical crisis, it was nothing critical but there was a real chance that I'd missed the festival and that made me rather emotional, emotional. Um, or as my sympathetic wife put it, I cried like a little baby. <laughs> I think of the crime fiction fraternity as an extended family. And I'm Asian, so I know all about big fat extended families. Um, so please, over the next few days, come and say hello, tell me about your lives, your dogs, your skateboarding cats, where you're from, why you love crime fiction. Because the only thing that really matters in life, I suppose, is friendship and family and a sense of community through shared passion. And isn't that what Harrogate is all about? Isn't the shared passion that we have for our genre what brings us together year after year for 20 years to this amazing, amazing
3: place? Next up, there was a very special award, which was the Outstanding Contribution Award. And that went to the absolute legend that is Anne Cleves. She is an incredibly prolific, talented author. She's written so many incredible books over the years. But she's also incredibly humble, so her speech was wonderful. Again, I'll drop in a cheeky little clip.
4: So I'd like to thank all those people... But mostly, I want to thank the readers who are here. And sometimes people come up to me and they say, I'm just a reader. No, you're not just a reader. You're the people that pay our wages. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, we would probably still be writing, all of us. But we'd be like, I don't know, empty kin- tin can rattling in the wind. It wouldn't be at all the same. So we all read. You can't be a reader if you're not you can't be a writer if you're not a reader. I can remember Val once saying to a group, somebody had said that they they wanted to be a writer, but no, they didn't really have time to read. And Val said, deciding that you want to be a writer and you're not a reader is deciding you want to be a furniture maker and you've never seen a table. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I quote a lot. So thanks so much to all of you. Thanks to Simon and to Mark and congratulations to all the shortlisted authors and I'm going to stop there to put you out of your
3: misery. Throughout the awards, they were bringing up the nominated authors for the awards and it was a really strong list this year. I honestly don't know how you pick the crime novel of the year from this list. But in the end, they did. Uh, So, without further ado, in case you haven't seen who won, I'm going to drop in the moment when the winners were announced.
2: This evening... We are delighted to announce we have also made a, a, a awarded a highly commended, which goes to
4: The Locked Room by Ellie LA Griffiths. Go- <laughs> oh.
2: The winner of the 2023 Sexton Old Novel of the Year Award is The Botanist.
3: It was a really exciting moment, as you can hear, when M.W. Craven was announced as the winner. I was actually sat with the team from DHH Literary Agency, who represent Mike. So it was a really fun atmosphere and everyone was really happy and unanimously agreed that it was an incredibly strong list, but The Botanist is an incredible book. So very well done to M.W. Craven and also to Ellie Griffiths for a highly commended for The Locked Room. After the awards, it was time to head back to the tent, have a few drinks and chats with more people, and then go to sleep because day 2 was going to be even busier. Day 2 This was a big day for me. It was the day of the Moonflower Books panel, the first ever panel that I moderated. So I was very nervous and very, very excited. Uh, So I got dressed and I head straight down to the festival to meet up with team Moonflower. We had a little look around the tent where we were going to be doing the event, that rhymes. It was really exciting. The festival team there are so incredible. They know exactly what they're doing and everything was very smoothly organized. Then, after catching up with the Moonflower team, including the wonderful Jack Dewars and Ava Glass and the rest of the team, we headed over for a very special little treat. If you've been to Harrogate, you may have heard of John Atkinson's Books, which is a fine and rare bookshop in Harrogate. And oh my God, if you are a book lover, then you have to get over there. The shop itself is laid out more like an art gallery than a bookshop, but the amount of first editions in incredible condition they have in there is unbelievable. We're talking first edition Rebecca. We're talking first edition Truman Capote. Everything you can imagine, all just around you, beautifully displayed. With the festival in town, they're no fools. They they laid out a lot of Agatha Christie books. And obviously, I could not resist picking up a cheeky little first edition of Curtain which I'm absolutely thrilled with. It's in gorgeous condition and I will be back to that shop in future years to significantly drain my bank account and I already can't wait. They also have a great website, uh, so you don't have to go all the way to Harrogate, which makes it even more dangerous. Now, it was around this time that I was feeling pretty cocky that I was going to remember to do loads of recording. Spoiler alert, I forgot to record a lot, to the point where I had fully intended to record the whole panel, And guess what? I didn't press record properly on my recorder, so I didn't get it. I'm still so angry with myself, as you can tell, but the good news is I have got a few clips that I can share with you. So hopefully that fills in some of the gaps. Let's talk a bit more about the panel. The panel was sponsored by Moonflower Books, who you may know as the winners of the Nick Robinson Newcomer Award at the Independent Publishers Guild Awards in 2023, of course. It is owned by the incredible Jack Dewars, who wrote The Lost Diary of Samuel Pepys, and Ava Glass, who wrote The Chase, and The Traitor, which is coming out in September. Both Jack and Ava were on the panel, along with our dear friend Greg Moss, who wrote The Coming Darkness, and also Murder at Church Lodge, which was out now. And the very lovely Tim Glister. He has written a number of spy novels, including Red Corona, A Loyal Traitor and his latest novel, A Game of Deceit, which was published in May. So I was fortunate enough to be the host of this wonderful panel of authors, talking all things spy. The title of the panel was Writing Spies in the Shadow of Bond, and it was a truly fascinating conversation. I could have listened to these guys talk for hours. We were met with a full tent. There was standing room only. It had completely sold out, which we were utterly delighted with. Everyone was greeted with a special moonflower cocktail upon arrival. And we got down to business, talking all things spies. I had written a number of questions, but honestly, I don't even think these guys needed me there. They were so good at engaging with each other, talking about spies.
0: That's worth mentioning is that women, as you said at the start, they don't come off well in the 20th century spy fiction. and sort of what we see as the canon of spy fiction. So you're James Bond or um, Fleming, Le Carre, Dayton, I mean sort of the three, the triumvirate, Graham Greene as well. Like those four, I've never read them all. And I read them when I was young. And then I read them again when I sat down to write Alias Emma and women get short shrift. We are, we're not, it's not a pretty picture. There's some pretty appalling bits in there. And I think it puts women off reading spy fiction because I think we all start with those books and I know I did and just think oh goodness me like that's that's most unpleasant I don't think I'll be going back to that particular book that views women as 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 uh, in that way in the way where in Casino Royale which is the first James Bond book and I like the James Bond novels but I struggle with them especially Casino Royale is my favorite but in it I mean, Vesper Lynn, I mean, she's, what happens to her and what James Bond thinks about her, which is that basically having sex with her would be, would always have the sweet tang of rape. That's a literal line. That's how women are treated in old spy fiction. And it's, it's brutal read. In good books, bad, bad imagery. And um, what I'm discovering now, what's happening now, is that that's changing. Spy fiction is aware that this has happened and it's reapproaching these issues in a way that I find like it could transform it, I think, and make it one that opens out not just to male readers but also more to female readers, which would make me incredibly happy.
3: Talking about writing.
0: If you read a a spy novel or any commercial novel where where the, the protagonist is effectively an instrument of a larger power, you can understand that. If you, if you were writing a spy novel where, where the the protagonist is just an instrument of the state yes. who does things because they're supposed to, yeah. then, yeah, I can imagine that not being very compelling. But, but part of the almost added level of challenge with spy fiction is working out that incredibly intricate plot that does tie things together in a nice way yeah. and inventing a character that in some way you can root for on a personal level
3: and we also had some fantastic questions from the audience it's one of those rare panels when you get good audience questions
2: my background as an interpreter gave me that meeting people i've interpreted it seems frightening now between um general nato generals and i knew nothing of the world you know i was in my mid-20s and I always think maybe I could have started an international incident by (laughs) mistranslating what one said to the other.
3: Honestly, it couldn't have gone better and everyone was really happy. And I was utterly relieved that I did not bring shame onto Moonflower Books or onto the wonderful authors on the panel. So if you attended, thank you so much for coming along and I really hope you enjoyed it. We got some really nice feedback from people on it. So after the panel, we were feeling all happy. We we're on a bit of a high. We went back to the beer tent to have a few drinks and catch up with some more people. And there I bumped into some more of our lovely author friends. For example, Chris Whitaker, Our very first guest that we ever had on the podcast was there, writer of We Begin at the End. His new book, All the Colours of the Dark, is going to be out in May with Orion. And there were proofs at the festival and there were only 25. And guess what? I didn't get one. But you better believe I will be getting one at some point because this book is being hotly tipped as the book of 2024. You better believe I'm going to get my hands on one. I also bumped into our lovely friend Sam Ripley, a.k.a. Tom Wood, who was recently on the podcast to talk about his book, The Rule of Three. There was also lots of posters with his book cover on the front around the tent, so that was very cool to see. I also met the lovely Kate Simmons, who wrote Freeze, which I really enjoyed reading uh, earlier this year. And also Tina Baker, who I'd met at a previous book event. She wrote Make Me Clean for Viper. And Tina is probably one of the most fun, joyful people you will ever meet. She's going to come on the podcast soon and I cannot wait to interview her. You're going to bloody love it. I also caught up with wonderful past guest, William Hussey, writer of Killing Jericho. It was so good to see him at the event. He gave me a beautiful signed copy of the book, which I'm utterly thrilled with. And it was just so good to catch up and chat with him about how it's going and the next book in the series, which is coming really, really soon. After all of that chatting and socialising and all that exhausting stuff, I headed back to my hotel room and I have another audio clip to share with you, which shows you how well the actual recording thing was going. Yeah, so I'm not doing so well at remembering to record things. Uh, I apologise. I had meant to record the panel record chatting to lots of lovely authors and general things. There's still time. I've got two days. I can do this. Uh, I apologize if it's not the full experience, but hopefully I'll give it a little taste. The Moonflower panel that I was honored to host went really well and everyone's very happy and the authors are so fascinating and interesting and great. So yeah, it's my little post-panel diary and yeah, it was super fun. I can't recommend their books enough. And thank you to Moonflower for letting me do this because uh, I've ne- I'd never done a panel before, but they, they trusted me. And yeah, I really appreciate it. So yeah, I think it was fun. Uh, and now I'm getting ready for a dinner with those same Moonflower book folk. So it's all very glamorous sounding, but I'm actually currently lying in my hotel room in my tights. Uh, willing myself to kind of make myself look more presentable. So, yeah, speak soon. Yeah, so good that you now know I was lying around in my hotel room in my tights before going out for dinner. It was a beautiful dinner with Team Moonflower to celebrate the panel going so well. We had a lovely Thai meal. And then, because apparently I didn't socialise enough during the day, I ended up going back to the tent. I did record some audio in the tent to show you just how loud and chatty it is in there. So right now, I'm inside the tent at Harrogate, where everybody drinks after the panels. (coughs) I just sneezed. Thank you. And as you can see, it's very loud and very busy, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, everyone comes here in the evening and has too many drinks. Yeah, so you can see why around day two, the voice was starting to go. Everyone's voices were slowly, slowly getting eroded away from all of the chatter that we were doing. It was quite exhausting, but definitely worth it. And finally, we're on to day three. This was my last full day at the festival. And at this point, I was feeling absolutely knackered, to be honest with you. But now that my panel was out the way, I was feeling a lot more relaxed and very excited to go along to some of the events that were scheduled for the day. Started off the day at the festival with the wonderful Kate Gray, who was recently on the podcast, to launch The Honeymoon. The Honeymoon is out now, so you can grab a copy. And it was so lovely to see Kate and celebrate this book with her. Kate's launch wasn't the only one of the day. I also popped along to see our old friend Fiona Cummins. She launched her book, All of Us Are Broken, which was also nominated for Book of the Year, by the way. And she also gave a really beautiful heartfelt speech.
1: anything to say. They just said will you say a few words so um I'm actually really choked up to see so many people here because I thought everyone would be in Richard Osmond's day. <laughs> it's like, it's really worried about that. So thank you so much for coming um and you know as is customary with all these things um we all know that while it is the author's name on the book it is always a team effort isn't it and i couldn't ask for a better team than pam mcmillan you know um from you know from maddie um who is the editorial assistant to neil who is the cover designer to chloe and laura uh, the publicist, to claire Combs, to stewart um from sales and leanne um And, of course, my editor, Trish, who who couldn't be here. She's really gutted, but, you know, she keeps on taking chances on me. So thank you, Trish. Um, And also to thank, you know, all of you guys, readers, authors, friends, bloggers, booksellers, everybody who gets behind a book, you know, it means so much Um, to my agent, Sophie, who is there. (laughs) Hi, Sophie. Sophie is the steady hand on the tiller through the calm and the storm, um, and I think we all know uh, that publishing can be a bumpy road, and she is there navigating the way all the, through, all the way through. To, to my family who have been messaging me today, who aren't here and who sneaked a little secret present in my case um, to celebrate my launch, this is really amazing. Um, and basically, oh sorry, I'm getting. <laughs> To my my crime-writing friends, you know, my family who understand the journey, So thank you.
3: I also popped along to one of the panels, Presumed Guilty, which was hosted by Rob Rinder. It featured past podcast guest Helen Fields, who wrote The Institution, as well as Kia Abdullah, who wrote Those People Next Door, Sarah Vaughan, who wrote Reputation, and Steve Kavanagh, who writes the Eddie Flynn series, which I absolutely adore. It was such an interesting panel discussion. Over half of the panel are ex-lawyers, so you really got some fascinating insights into the legal process and how that translates into writing, as well as hearing it from the reporter's perspective. So really interesting conversation, really enjoyed that panel. Then in the evening, we headed over to the Century Author event, where a number of wonderful authors were being honoured, including our good friend Ava Glass, the wonderful Lisa Jewell the brilliant Tom Hindle, the fantastic Gillian McMillan, and of course the aforementioned Rob Rinder. So it was a big book celebration. There were lots of lovely drinks, some very nice canapes. And we also got to hear about some upcoming books that are coming out with Century in the next coming years. A couple I really want to call out are Jenny Godfrey's A List of Suspicious Things, which is out in February 2024. This book sounds so interesting. I cannot wait to get my hands on a copy. I was also thrilled to meet the wonderful Callie Kazumi. Her book, Claire Darling, isn't out until 2025, but it sounds so good. You may have heard about it after the video went viral on TikTok, uh, but that does not do it justice. And Callie is such a wonderful, fun person. I cannot wait to have her on the podcast and Jenny as well, so you can hear about it. I also met a lot more lovely authors over the course of the day Louise Candlish, previous guest author of the only suspects were there she's just as lovely as you'd imagine she is i also got to meet the wonderful bella ellis slash rowan coleman who writes the bronte mysteries she was so much fun i cannot wait to have her on the podcast in the future i also caught up with nicole kennedy and jody robbins who i'd been twitter friends with for about a year or so so lovely to finally meet them as well as Laura Pearson, who I met at the festival last year. And her book is out in August. The last list of Mabel Beaumont. Cannot wait to read that. And also the very lovely Zoe Leah. So, so many authors, so many books, not enough time to do everything. I also picked up a couple of proofs at the festival, which I cannot wait to read. Both books are out in early 2024, including The Grief House by Rebecca Thorne and The Stranger at the Wedding by A.E. Gauntlet. So very exciting as if these events weren't enough there was also another event going on by bloomsbury raven during the day they had a whole big wedding themed tent for their new book the stranger at the wedding by a.e gauntlet which is going to be out in april 2024 it was amazing there was wedding cake there was confetti there was a wedding themed photo booth it was so much fun i've picked up a copy of the proof i cannot wait to read it and maybe we'll get A.E. Gauntland on in the future to talk about it because it looks absolutely cracking. So then after going to all these events, believe it or not, ended up going back to the tent again. Because that's just what you do at Harrogate. It was more chatting, more drinks, and then finally admitting defeat and going to bed absolutely shattered. Because I had a long drive home the following day. And spoiler alert, I caught COVID at some point during the festival. I do not blame the festival in any way, shape or form for me catching Covid. I think it's just a reality of our times, unfortunately. And we were in close proximity together a lot. It's just one of those things. Fortunately, I'm all better now at the time of recording. I have very much recovered quickly and do not regret for a second going to the festival. It was so much fun and everyone was so well taken care of. So this was a bit of a different episode. I hope you enjoyed it, found it interesting. There are some more book festivals coming up that I'm going to in the next couple of months. So if you like this, maybe I'll do this again. And I will promise to record more next time. I've lived and learned from this experience, I assure you. There's capital crime coming up at the end of August. So maybe I'll do some more recording there. Maybe I'll do some actual live interviews and chat with people. Watch this space and let me know if you want to hear more. I want to end this by thanking the wonderful team at Moonflower Books. Jack Dewars, Christy Doherty, Emma Waring, Tori Lynn Perkis, and of course, the extended family, Greg Moss and Tim Glister. Doing the panel was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And I'm so grateful for you having trust in me to do it because I'd never done a panel before, as I said, it could have gone horribly wrong. But I'm so honoured that you trusted me and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So thank you, Moonflower. The Harrogate Festival team, including the lovely Hannah Bright from Midas PR and Clemence Rue, who helped with our event, and the rest of the festival team. It's truly such a slick and well organised event. It was even better this year than last, so I don't know how they do it. Truly incredible work. I also want to thank all of the lovely authors that stopped to chat to me, whether they've been on the podcast or not yet. Such a joy to catch up with them, hear about the books that are coming up in the next couple of years. And also just to have a little bit of fun. I also want to thank you for listening. If you've made it this far in this weird safari ramble, then I truly am eternally grateful to you. I hope you had fun and thank you again for listening. I'll be back very soon with a normal episode, perhaps with another lovely author to chat to. Until next time, take care. I still don't know how to end episodes. (laughs) Bye-bye.
4: Hello! And
2: this is Chucky Vision on the We Made This Network, the podcast for all things Chucky. I'm Dev Elson. And I'm Mark Adams. We're two queer podcasters who love bloody horror. Camp comedy, gay romance, and referencing icons like Freddie, Jason, and Brittany. The Chucky Films and new TV show deliver all of that, and there is still so much more to cover. So if you wanna play. Find Chucky Vision on Twitter, at Chucky Vision, and on all good podcast providers. And yes, the title is a Chuckle
4: Vision pun. Because why not?